0: Guys, you're listening to Confessions of a Gym Rat getting you through the 9 to 5 as healthily and happily as possible. Guys, I have some explaining to do. Okay, this is going to be quite an episode. I have a lot. If you're on YouTube, if you're not on YouTube, pop onto YouTube really quick so you can see my shirt here. Hold on, let me let me get to the side here. I know my microphone's kind of in the way. I got a lot of questions from you guys asking asking me this week because I posted, I was on a two-day journey to try and get these SNL tickets because the Jonas Brothers were playing on SNL this week. I got a lot of questions asking me, how do you even get tickets for SNL? Like, what was the process? Like, why are you going there on Friday? Like, isn't it on Saturday? Blah, blah, blah. So I thought, you know what? Instead of typing out this long, long process to everybody that asked, I'm going to say it one time, I'm going to say it right here, and that's that's going to be a close chapter on my life. So buckle in, buckle in, because I, I, I got a story for you guys, and I can't possibly move on with the rest of this podcast before talking about it. All right, so let's get comfy. Okay, where should we, where should I start the story? Let's say, you know, I saw on Instagram, I might have mentioned it last week, to be honest, I don't remember, I saw that the Jonas Brothers were playing at SNL. I said, oh, how do I get tickets? Went to SNL's bio. I, For a reference point, I live very close to New York City, so I'm in and out. I just never bothered to see SNL, Jimmy Fallon, I don't know. I, I've watched it, of course, a bunch of times. I just never, it's never something I did before. So I go to SNL's like link in their bio thinking like it's there's going to be like a Ticketmaster site or something that I could like get tickets and so go they're probably going to be expensive but it's a Jonas Brothers so I'll pay I'll pay for it. So I see reservation, standby reservation. So I'm like, "Oh, what's this?" Click on the link. Basically, there's two ways you can get tickets for SNL. And listen, this is going to get a little dicey, a little confusing. So stick with me, stick with me here. The first way that you can get SNL tickets is that you are part of the season tickets. Now to get season tickets, you have to email them, basically sending in an application on why you deserve the season tickets. Like it's, it's bizarre. That's all I really know about it. All I know is that you have to do it by like August or something for the new season that starts like every January. But you basically have to write like an essay on why you should get the tickets, which sounds like a huge freaking waste of my time, to be honest. Um, but I believe, and now I could be wrong on this part, because again, I didn't look into it. I believe once you are a season ticket holder, you don't get tickets to every show. They just give you, like you get a few shows based on like a lottery. So, let's say I guess for this example, you know, I'm someone who doesn't like the Jonas Brothers or Molly Shannon, who is the host, and that's what I get. I get tickets for April eighth. I find out it's the Jonas Brothers, and I'm like, "Mm, I don't want to go anymore. That's a seat in the room that opens up. Now they save. There's a certain amount of seats for season ticket holders. Um, I think they save a little bit of room for celebrities, and then. The guests, like the hosts and the musical guests, are allowed to bring as many guests as they want. Everything left over is for standby tickets. Okay? You following with me so far? So you either are, you have the season tickets or you were invited by one of the members. Or guests, I should say. That's how you get in. Everything else goes to standby. So it's very dicey. You don't know. How many people they're gonna take in per night? But also, FYI, in case you've never been inside Thirty Rock, the studios are small, um, just like a Broadway theater. Is small. There's not a ton of room in there. They, ugh, gosh, I think they could fit like a, like they fit like 120 people, like somewhere around there. Like it's super, super small. Um, so I went to go get the standby tickets, obviously because I didn't have a regular ticket, right? So this is where my journey, this is where my journey begins. This is how us normal folk would go about getting a ticket. A new process they introduced is if you're quick enough, you can get a reservation number for standby tickets um, the Thursday before every Saturday show. So... Obviously, there's a show every Saturday. It's, this is not news to everyone. So basically, every Thursday, tickets or reservation... I shouldn't say tickets. Reservation numbers for standby tickets are given out at 10 a.m. Or you could reserve for one. So that's what I did, right? That was step number one. I was quick with my fingers. They give out 300 reservation numbers. Some of them are for... uh Dress rehearsals, some of them are for live show. I picked live show, of course, which maybe I shouldn't have. Not the point. Um, but it's 300 total. I was 275 and 276 because I put in for two people. So I was just, just quick enough. <sighs> Following with me? Sound good so far? This is where we get a little a little more in, into it, or it just keeps spiraling down downhill. Okay, so they email you a little bit after you put in like for the reservation okay and they send me an email you know what maybe I can I might have deleted it honestly because I was frustrated let me see if I could pull it up. if oh yes okay congratulations we have two standby reservations under your name for the live show standby Saturday night for Saturday night live you and your guests are 275 and 276 here's the standby process ready Check in at the in-person standby line at the 49th Street NBC Studios Marquee between 6 and 7 p.m. on April 7th, 2023. So if you are one of those 300 people, you have to get in the state, you have to check in, be in the standby line between 6 and 7 p.m. the Friday before the show, the day before the show at 30 Rock, right? Cool. Step two. You will be assigned to line up in numerical order based on your standby reservation. Please note, if you do not have a reservation, you will not be able to get in line until after 7 p.m. So I showed up closer. I think I showed up at like 645 or 650. The number that they email you, the 275, 276, is the number that you're going to have to line up in. So it's not like if I got there at 6, I wouldn't be at any advantage. So... In between 6 and 7, the latest to check in for the reservation number is 7 p.m. At 7 p.m., everybody else can start lining up for standby. So you're not allowed to get in the line until after 7. But if I didn't get a reservation number and I still want to go, you just get in line behind those people at 7 o'clock. So I'm thinking, all right, in between 6 and 7, I'll check in. I'll get my reservation number, whatever. Whatever. No, no, oh, oh, that would be too easy. That would be too easy. Step three, standby cards will be handed out at approximately 12.01 a.m. Saturday, April 8th. All guests must be fully vaccinated, blah, blah, blah. We want to make sure the standby process is fair for everyone. So all standby line members must remain in line at all times after checking in Friday night. If you do not wait in line, you will not be admitted to the show. No line sitters, please. The use of alcohol, lounge chairs, mattresses, sleeping bags, and tents will not be permitted. Of course, you are free to take minimal necessary breaks, i.e. going to the bathroom from the line. Every member of the line is required to present a valid photo ID and proof of vaccination at check-in on 49th Street when the standby cards are issued and at the return time. Um, remember, closing line of the email. Remember, a standby card does not guarantee admission. So this is where we're at so far. I have to get in line by 7 p.m. Everybody has to get in line, you know, for the reservation number. But just because I'm checked in, which we were checked in, I would say, checked in like 7.05, 7.10, like by the woman, but we were all online. Like she goes down the road with the clipboard. Just because you're checked in, you can't leave. You can't leave. No line sitters either. You have to stay in that line until 12.01 a.m. Why? 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 I'm actually baffled. Like, I was, like, baffled at the process, and I still am. I want an explanation from somebody high up at NBC Studios because this – To be honest, like I was talking to other people in line and they were like, what's the point of this? And I said, honestly, it just seems like hazing. It just seems like a way to weed people out. But it's nonsense. And it's a waste of time and space because now we're lined up on the sidewalk where people are walking, you know? It's like not like the streets closed every Friday night for this. If I'm checked in, why do I have to wait in a line for five hours? Why? Like what what is actually the point? If I'm not back at 1201 when you guys give out the tickets, that's my problem. That sucks for me, you know? So that was my first bone to pick. I was like, this makes absolutely no goddamn sense, whatever. I was also hearing, you know, they only let in about like 80, like 50 to 80. I've heard they let in between 50 to 80 standby. So I'm like 275, I don't stand a chance. So we get to the line, and I'm like, all right, it's, it, it turns out that there was not 275 people in front of me. Long story short, my standby card number ended up being number 83. Okay? So I had to wait until midnight, of course. Got my standby number, went back home, fell asleep on the train, all is well. And I go back the next day, because now you have to show up the next day at the NBC studio shop before 945 I just want to let you know they don't go on until 11 30 they did not start letting people in until like or or through the process to go to until 10: 45 p.m so again the extra hour that I'm standing there doing nothing for what? For literally for what? And the workers too, like you're paying these people to stand out here and watch us for what? So that's the deal. You got to show back up at 9.45 the next, by 9.45 PM the next day. And you have to get back into numerical order. So you check in and then they lined us up in rows of 10 and you went like where your line was. So I was 83. So I was in like the eighth row, you know? Um, Gosh, I don't really know. I think some people might have been missing, some might have not. There definitely wasn't a full 83 people in front of me or 82 people in front of me. (sighs) But as time went on, it filled. It filled, and I was getting a little nervous. I heard they let 76 people into dress rehearsal. So I was like, all right. All right. I got a shot. I got a shot. There's about 90-ish people total, I would say. So we're standing there. We're waiting. Nobody, nobody offers a bottle of water. There's no bottles of water in the store. By the way, if you got out of the line, they yelled at you. Um, there's no chairs. Everyone's in their nice outfits. I'm in heels. No place. No place to sit. At 10.45, they start calling people in to go through security. So we all go through security. They take 10 at a time. So it takes, like, it's, I don't know, so it goes smoothly. We get through security, and then there's a staircase right at the end of security. They have us line up two by two, like numbers one and two, numbers three and four behind each other in a line. And there's a huge staircase that leads upstairs to the studio, which I don't really know. (sighs) The studio is basically, like, So you go in upstairs and it's like a big lobby area and then there's elevators that will take you to like the dressing rooms like of where people are and then there's the actual stage. So it's basically like that once you get up those stairs and through that door, you're in Saturday Night Live's area, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like you're in their office of 30 Rock. Does that make sense? I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe that. So anyway, I'm getting a little nervous because I'm like, oh, I don't know. I've heard people don't make it up the stairs. It'd be a bummer. And they start moving all of us. They're like, all right, up, 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 up. We get through the doors. And now I'm inside the, what do I want to call it? I'm going to say studio. I'm going to call it the studio and say the actual room was like the stage, like the theater so we're, I'm in the studio. It's very nice in there, by the way. Um, and we're all lined up two by two. And they start letting a bunch of people in. And the line's moving. Like, it's moving. They let a decent amount of people in, and then they stopped. So I'm like, all right. We're getting a little closer. At this point, it's like 11, 11, 11. Or 11 o'clock. I would say it's like 11 o'clock. I'm getting nervous, though. I'm getting real nervous. Another big influx of people get let in. Line stops again. Times ticking. Nobody's saying anything. There's two workers at the door looking at their phone, probably deciding, like, oh, how many? Like, talking to somebody in there of how many seats they are. They let another ten people in. I'm like, all right, I'm counting. They let another two people in. Times ticking. It's eleven twenty-three. Now there are eleven people in front of me. I have been standing for about three hours. These workers are coming out of rooms with little bottles of water. Nobody offers us a single thing, none. And there's benches, but you can't sit. You have to stay in line or they will remove you. They were dead serious. One worker comes out and she's like, all right, guys, I need you to all turn off your cell phones. There's a very strict no cell phone policy. If you are caught with your cell phone, you will never be allowed back in the theater, so you need to shut it off now. So I'm like, oh my God, okay, okay, okay. Shut off my phone. I'm texting my friends. I'm like, if you don't hear from me, it's a good thing. Like, I can't have my phone. I shut off my phone. I hear this guy whispering. It's 11.28, 11.28, two minutes of our airtime. 11 people in front of me. All right, guys, unfortunately, that's, we've reached capacity. We cannot let any more of you guys in. We really do encourage you to show up and try for future shows. The most gut-wrenching part was the security guard that was on his tippy toes, mouth open, ready to talk before this guy's sentence was finished. And as soon as he done goes, all right, guys, follow me out these staircases now. Have a good night. You can't stay here. Like aggressive where I was like, sir, we are a bunch of young adult women who just want to see the Jonas Brothers nobody's going to hurt you or put up a fight. Can you have like maybe a little bit of empathy for the seven hours we all dedicated to our lives to not get in two minutes before the show when there was maybe 20 of us left? He was ready. Like he was like, get the fuck out. We can't have you here. That rubbed me the wrong way. So that was that. Two minutes before showtime, 11 people in front of me, I waited from like 6.30 to 12.30 a.m., so six hours the first day. And I waited from like 9 to 11.30 the second day. So I gave a good, good eight and a half hours, you know, a good full work day just to be told no. And they don't give you like when you're down there they won't tell you anything. Like, if we tried to ask and we're like, hey, like, you, like can you guys see, like, how much family and friends the celebrities are br- – or, like, the guests are bringing? Like, what do you think our odds are? They're like, sorry, we don't know. Whereas, like, they could have been honest and said, hey, numbers 80 through 99, like, it's just – there's not enough room. It's not happening for you guys. I'm sorry. And I would have sent my butt home hours ago. So that's – they're just – NBC has been around since like the 1920s. Saturday Night Live is in its 48th season. I have no experience in television event planning. I have a marketing degree, that's it. I have no experience in entertainment. I can come up with a better solution on how to get these standby tickets that doesn't waste eight and a half hours of somebody's lives, why can't NBC? I wanna know the actual reason. Why I had to check in latest 7 p.m., but couldn't get my standby ticket until 12.01 a.m. Because now it's Sunday, and I am goddamn tired from two days of this shit. And I spent money getting in and out of the city. For what? By the way, SNL tickets are free. Didn't know that. And I'm going to assume that part of it is they want to make the process really hard so they can get through the standby line and, like, the line's not ridiculously long, but why why have the reservation number if it offers me no perks and so it only getting closer to the line? If I have a reservation, I should not have to wait in the line, and then that will make the line shorter, don't you think, NPC? Don't you think? I don't know. I, I was really disappointed. I also New York has just not been good to me. I told you guys like months ago and. The two times that I went to go see Jesse Williams on Broadway and he wasn't there both times. So I did have a sick feeling as I saw people entering the room. I was like, it's going to happen to you, Liz. You're not going to get in there because why would things work out? Why? Why would they work out? But I did get this T-shirt. I did have to pay for it, of course, because they wouldn't, you know, you waste eight and a half hours of your life. They're not even going to give you a fucking bottle of water. Not even a bottle of water. Um, But the T-shirts, they brought some out. And I was telling the woman before, like, I I made a little friend at the shop. And I was like, oh, my God. God, I got to ask, like, are your T-shirts for sale? Because I really like the shirt. Because they make shirts every week for whoever's the guest musical guest. You guys can't see, but on my back, it says Molly Shannon and Jonas Brothers, which is why I wanted it, of course. Um, And she was like, oh, we're sold out right now, but we're going to bring some out later. So they bring some out and I run and I grab one and I pay immediately. And some woman, some employee's like, you're in standby. You cannot leave the line. And I'm like, you know what, woman? Here's the thing. I already inserted my credit card into the machine. So I'm finishing up the process. I've been waiting in this line for like an hour and a half. I'm probably not going to get in tonight. Can you maybe, maybe just let me have this goddamn t-shirt? Thank you very much. So that was that. I still haven't watched the episode yet. I'll probably get to it, I don't know, maybe tomorrow, because I am recording this on Sunday night. I was going to record my podcast yesterday on Saturdays like I normally do, but I was like, I can't tell them this story and not have the second half to it. I can't just tell them and have them not know how it ends. You know what I mean? So that's my SNL story. That's my story for the week So if you are curious on how to get tickets, that's it. That's the ticket. That's the whole process. If you feel like yelling at SNL to tell them that it's stupid, go troll them. I think I just might. I think I just might, but I'll shut up about that now. Let's see. We have an interesting show ahead, or not interesting, I should say really educational. I thought I would take you guys through what my cut is going to look like and why I'm doing the things that I'm doing and structuring my cut the way that I'm structuring it so you guys have a little bit more background knowledge and can feel comfortable going into a cut healthily. So that's going to be today's episode. I'm trying to think of anything that's exciting that's happened in this week that doesn't revolve around the Jonas Brothers. Yet the only thing that's coming to my mind is that the Jonas Brothers are playing a one-night-only show at Yankee Stadium August 12th, and that if I don't get tickets... I don't even know. I I, I I can't even finish that sentence. But if you get tickets, can you please share one with me? Because I don't know if I just, I, I don't know if I told you that I tried to see them at SNL and it didn't work out. I don't know if I mentioned that. But no, I'm, I'm really determined to get tickets because I feel like this is a, this is now an open chapter in my book. This is something that I need to finish because I'm getting Which, by the way, did I I told you guys, while we're on the subject of all of this, my goal in life right now, like one of my largest goals, aspirations, is to be able to communicate either directly or have someone relay the message to Jesse Williams that I tried to see him twice on Broadway and he wasn't there and I paid the money for it and I'm pissed that I paid the money and he wasn't there. Twice, so I've been joking around, saying like I I will find a way to contact him, blah 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 blah. And then I went on Raya today, and I'm swiping. I'm X X X. Hold on, you look familiar. Tap. Oh. Oh, you're Derek Shepherd's nephew. So if you haven't been watching the recent seasons of Grays, I think it's. Just, Actually, I think it's just this one. I think this is his first season on 19. Uh, Derek Shepard has, you know, his, Derek and Amelia have like a million sisters. One of Derek Shepherd's nephews is now a resident. Resident? No. Intern. Yeah, intern at Grace Sloan. So the guy that plays him, Nico, whatever his name is, came up on my Raya. Now, I will say I have a, I have a strong streak going of people on Raya not connecting with me back. Bad bunny. Anyway, but I did, I I left him a little swipe note, just casual. Oh, you a big surfer guy? So it's manifest that he connects with me because I need to get the in. I need him to link me to the people that can link me to Jesse Williams so I can let him know this dream is not infeasible. So if I have updates, and God, I hope I do, I will keep you guys in the loop. Um, but yeah, Raya's an interesting space and nobody nobody tends to. You know, Bad Bunny came up on my feed. So I was like, oh, Bad Bunny, of course I'm gonna type or click heart. Because Raya is like it's dating slash friends. Like, and there's people that put like just for friends on their thing. Bad bunny didn't have that, so I give him a little heart. The next day it comes out that he's with Kendall Jenner. I'm like, well, I can't compete with this girl. But maybe that's why he didn't like my that's why he didn't like my profile. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I think that's it though. Besides, I mean, another episode of succession bachelor's done. I guess that's it. That's it. I guess. Yeah. The the majority of my week revolved around the Jonas brothers, but when does it not? I suppose. So without further ado, I'll shut up about the Jonas brothers I can't guarantee you for the rest of the episode, but I'll try my hardest and we'll jump into things starting with the weekly highlights. All right. So I got a little something different for you guys for my highlights for this week. At my office, there's a building. I might've told this to you guys already. There's a building. Um, there's a building, obviously. Let's, you know what? Let's rewind. Let's, let's re- restart that. Beep, 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 beep. Okay. In my office, there is a gym, like a little tiny gym. You know, there's just some dumbbells, like a Smith machine, but there's two Pelotons. And now that I'm starting to cut, I said to myself, you know what I'm going to do? I get an hour for lunch. I'm going to spend a half hour on the Peloton. The other half, you know, I'll eat or I could really just eat at my desk. Like I don't have to actually eat lunch then. I could eat it wherever. So I did my first Peloton workout in, well, I did one in January when I went to LA. I told you guys that, but I did my first one back, which, which is what's going to be a consistent thing for me now every Tuesday and Wednesday, or at least once a week. You know what? Let's start once a week. Let me follow my own advice and make small goals. At least once a week, I'm going to get on the Peloton because that kicks my Everything. I can't even stop. It kicks my ass. It kicks my everything. Cody Rigsby is my favorite trainer. I think he's gorgeous. Um, even if he's not into women, that's fine. But he's really fun to look at. He picks great music, he's full of energy, and I also just am very competitive with myself. So the fact that Peloton shows you like your past personal bests and scores makes me want to do better. I can't just sit there out of, out of the range. You know, I, I, I can't. So I was very excited to get back on that bike. Peloton, I drip from every pore in my body. My triceps sweat. The most bizarre thing, but it feels beautiful. And then I just rinse off and I can go to the gym later, like after work at my normal time, but cut out a half hour and get home a half hour earlier because I don't have to do cardio anymore at the gym. So it's saving me time. So If your gym, if your hotel, oh my God, I can't talk right now. If your office has a gym, I would recommend, honestly, just once a week, like just getting a walk-in during lunch for 20 minutes because it just saves time at the end. I'm ecstatic to get home a half hour earlier. Are you kidding me? And I get to listen to Cody Rigsby and do the Peloton. Hell yeah. And I'm lucky, like I don't have to pay for the Peloton stuff because my- the office base for it. I just log in like do, 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 do. And then I log out afterwards. How beautiful. The only problem is that now when I get on the bike at the gym, like on days I'm not in, I'm like, I want to do a Peloton class right now, but I can't because I'm not going to pay for the app. Why would I pay for the app? So that was my health and fitness related highlight. (sighs) Let me think about what my non health and fitness related highlight was. The first thing that came to my mind was that I had a crumble cookie again, but I can't do that. that was too soon. There has to be better. Hold on. Let's think here. I think my non-health, oh, you know what I'll say? My non-health and fitness, I got these jogger, or not joggers, but cargo pants. Um, They're like the BCG or whatever brand, like Urban Outfitters brands, but I got them from Tillys. I want to wear them on my birthday. They are low rise. So it is a little scary right now. I'm not going to lie. I put them on and they fit great. But I was like, ooh, maybe we need to be in our deficit for just a little bit long, like a few more weeks because I'm, well, I'll get to that point later. I don't need to do that. Uh, because the low rise is pretty scary, but they were affordable and they really are trendy. And the thing is you could wear those with a bodysuit. You could wear it with like a longer, like a mid, midi top. I don't know what they call them. Like the ones that are like kind of cropped at the bottom. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think I would wear it with like a crop top because I just, my whole stomach open is still a foreign concept concept to me. Um, But they're the BCG brand. I think that's what they're called. I think I'm saying that right. I got them in like a chocolate color. So comfy. Uh, The hat. Like my biggest hack for working in the office is to find pants that are trendy but not jeans. Because, listen... Wearing jeans to the office is nice as far as like freedom of expression. And it's like, you don't have to dress in heels and all that stuff, but they're not comfortable to work in all day long. So I typically, I mean, I wear a lot of fit jeans because fit jeans are more of a jeggy, jeggy, hello, a jegging material. Um, So I don't feel suffocated by them. Like they kind of conform to my body and stretch with me. Fit jeans, love them. But I'll find dresses, I'll find skirts. I have um, like these, like cargo pants that are acceptable to wear at work because they cover everything. No, no rips, they're good. But they're like elastic around the waist. You gotta find the little hacks that it's like, ooh, those are really cute pants, girl. And you're like, thanks, I'm actually wearing them because I can breathe when I sit down. So I'm always, long story short, I am always on the look for pants that are cute and work acceptable, but are more comfortable than jeans. And that's what I have found so far. So I'll keep you guys updated on on any other of those little hacks that I find. All right, summer is approaching. The weather is getting warmer. We love it. But a cutting season is upon us. And I am such a strong proponent with my clients. I will not be, I will not approve like for my clients. I will not assist them getting into a cut until I know that they have a healthy relationship with food and a full understanding of what a cut is. So I thought that I would take some time this episode because I'm I'm getting into my deficit, deficit, sorry about that, literally today. And explain to you guys my process and how I go about things and what has worked for me and what works for my clients. So I'm not going to use any specific numbers like because I don't want to give out um, my stats, I guess, like what I'm eating and stuff, because I don't want you guys to take that and like run with it. I kind of hate when people share that kind of stuff because people do think like, oh, she looks like that and she's eating this much, that means I should be eating this much if I want to look like that. And everybody's bodies are different. You're not going to get the body you want eating the same amount and the same foods as the person you want to look like does. You need to have everything tailored and catered to your own body. That's how you're going to see results. So let's start at the very beginning. I'm normally... So you, you might not be. You might be sitting at maintenance. I was in a surplus because I was bulking. You guys know this. So I had to reverse out of that slowly. And they call it a reverse diet. No, I'm sorry. A reverse diet is when you go into a surplus. That was a total brain fart. Ignore that. Anyway, I reverse. I, what I should say is I reverse out of my deficit or surplus. God, I can't speak. Let's try this again. I'm in a surplus. I come out of it slowly so my appetite can adjust. If I'm going from eating at my max surplus to maintenance in one week, I'm going to find myself hungry from the 500 calories a day that I just cut out. You know, that's a whole nother meal. That's a bunch more snacks. It's going to be a shock to my body. So week by week, I'll go down 100 calories until I reach my maintenance. Now, if you're starting at maintenance, this is the point where you jump in. Everybody's maintenance calories is how much they burn in a day uh, when they're exercising. Really, that's what we go by, your total daily expenditure. So based on how much you weigh and your activity level, that's how many calories you burn in a day. That's how you find out your surplus and your deficit. The ranges for surplus and deficit is 500 below and 500 above anything below 500 for cutting you are doing harm to your body it's considered undereating and there's so many so many bad so- like effects and results that come from undereating you mess up your metabolism you can mess up your hormones it's just undereating might get you like the quick weight loss let's say results that you want immediately but in the long run your body is not going to know how to nourish itself And your metabolism is just going to be so out of whack and you're going to fluctuate and bounce all around and it's just not good. So starting at my maintenance, I decide what my max deficit is going to be, which is 500 calories minus. So just using a plain example, um, let's say you burn 2000 calories in a day. That means your max deficit would be 1500 calories, no less than 1500 calories no less. And I'm serious about that. Um, so then again, same thing as like I said, when I'm coming out of my surplus, I'm not just going to go straight into the deficit. I don't just go from 2000 to 1500. Let's just say in that example, <clears throat> again, that's not this, just a made up number. 2000 is easy and I can do the math. Okay. Don't take it literally. I need to put that disclaimer out. Um, I am going to go down week by week. So I'll start, okay, 1900 calories week one. The next week I'll go into 18, next week 17, next week 16 until I reach 1500. Cause that way each week I can slowly cut things out, you know, slowly start to pull calories from the meals I'm eating or eliminate a snack without my body feeling starved. Okay. That's a huge part of it. Um, That's my number one tip is going slow. And I know our generation is just, we crave fast and instant results, but you're fucking yourself in the long run by taking that jump. You are so much better off if your metabolism and appetite can adjust. Because if you feel miserable, starving, cold, and hungry every day in your deficit, what kind of quality of life is that? Come on now. So that's how I go about getting into the cut. Once I'm in my max deficit, I'll spend 4 solid weeks eating at that max deficit. So let's say 1500 calories. I spend 4 weeks 1500 calories. Then I'll take a week diet break. Diet break is a week where you go back up to your maintenance calories. Why? What's the point? Diet breaks help replenish our bodies Since we are in that deficit and we are eating less. So it helps like give us a little replantation. Is that what it's called? It helps replenish us. It also keeps challenging our metabolism. So our body's not like, oh, okay, 1500 calories. That's our new norm. Um, This is how we're going to react. Because when that happens, your body stabilizes and change slows. But instead we're we're taking that one week diet break and our body's like, oh, change. And then we go back down and it just ensures that our body keeps working the way that we want it to after, if that makes sense. So I'll go four weeks on, one week diet break. Four weeks on, one week diet break. For similar reasons, I also do one refeed day a week. Not a cheat day, a refeed day. And I'll tell you why I say refeed day. <clears throat> a cheat day, and a refeed day. It's basically what it's. It's a refeed day is one day a week that you are picking to eat back at maintenance, similar to the diet break thing. Replenish your body from eating in the deficit all week. Continuously challenge your metabolism. I don't like to say cheat day because I think that that's associated with binge eating. And it also, I don't like the whole diet mindset. I think that a lot of people feel more inclined to fail and like under pressure or set themselves up to fail when they think about a diet or being on a diet and restricting themselves. They just expect to fail almost. I don't restrict myself, especially in the summer. You know, I I cut in the summer typically. I love ice cream. Love it, favorite thing on this earth, ice cream. Somebody asks me to go get ice cream on a Saturday, but I took my refeed day yesterday. I'm still gonna go get ice cream on Saturday. I'm just gonna work it into my macros for the day and uh, cut out the snack I was gonna eat after dinner instead. Whereas when you think cheat meal, it's like, oh, I had ice cream yesterday. I can't have ice cream today. Listen, should you be having ice cream all the time? No, it's not that healthy for you on the inside. But the whole point that I'm getting at here is it's not restrictive in a sense of you can't eat this, like blah, blah, blah. So refeed day, you're eating at your maintenance calories for that one day, which basically just means you're going to up the carbs. So you'll have a higher carb day on your refeed day. One piece of advice with the refeed days, you always want to make sure that it's a day that you went to the gym or exercised because you don't want to be eating at maintenance if you're not moving through the day, you know, because then you're not going to burn as much. You want to be eating at, at the amount that you would be when you, or at the same calorie amount that you'll be burning on a day you exercise. So that covers how we get into the cut, refeed days diet breaks. What changes do I make now? What are some things I start to do? Definitely always keep a high protein diet. I always keep a high protein diet, but my fats and my carbs are going to go down. I don't really change my protein. I keep it at that level. So I just, I swap things out. I eat a lot of volume foods. So to fill me up with breakfast, you know, instead of just making scrambled eggs in a bagel, like I'll do in the winter, I'll do like one of the little Trader Joe's 100 calorie bagels or something, but I'll make like an omelet with vegetables in it, since vegetables are so low calorie, but they'll fill me up. I also pay attention to nutrition labels, and you know, I I cut things out, like trail mix, too caloric for me. You know, granola as a snack, too caloric. I'll get rid of the Oikos Pro and go for the Oikos Triple Zero, because that's 50 calories less. It's just paying attention to those little lighter stuff so I can eat when I'm hungry, if that makes sense. I'm getting the same, I'm still having a Greek yogurt every day. I'm just getting the lower calorie one so I can continue to have it, if that makes sense. Instead of keeping one snack from my bulking and having to forego the other two snacks in a day, I'll change them all or do smaller portions so I can have those three snacks if I'm hungry at those three times. So that's how I that's how I go about making those types of changes. Um I stay away from a lot of sauces and do more seasonings just because of the calorie stuff there. How long do I cut for? I've heard my friends and it, cr- it makes me cringe when I hear my friends go, "I've been a deficit for, I've been in a deficit for 2 years. Why am I not losing weight?" And I'm going to ask you right now to think about what I said a few minutes ago with the diet break thing. Your body's not meant to be in a deficit forever. No, maintenance is our healthy level. A deficit you cannot cut forever because your body's going to become adept to that deficit and stop creating change. So I typically go—I would say six months is the longest that I've ever done. I've seen people do six to eight months. Um, Definitely. I've never done a year or whatever, because you want to keep that in mind that you're not supposed to be in a deficit forever. Um, that covers everything except for training. So training, I keep my lifts the same. I'm still focusing on progressive overload. I might see a little bit of my strength start to dip because I am eating less. The one thing that really changes is I increase the intensity of my cardio. So I'll do 15 minutes about three, four times a week of high intensity cardio. Whereas I mentioned a few episodes ago, when I'm bulking, I do more like lists, like just walking and stuff because I do want to get, like I do want to always have cardiovascular exercise to take care of my heart health, but I don't need to be burning the calories that I am when I'm cutting. Cardio gets our heart rate up higher. So we burn a lot when we do cardio which is a good assistance to our lift. It helps us burn more in a day. Because, hey, the more you burn, the more you can eat. You know what I mean? But that basically, that covers how I go about cutting in the most easy, short way possible. I didn't want to ramble on for too long because I didn't want to throw ev- like everything at you, but I covered everything you need to know. So it's like a nice, bite-sized, digestible the one thing I'm gonna emphasize, and I I posted it on my Instagram story, I've succeed I've succeed. I can't really talk today. I really can't. I've seen success recently with one of my clients who wow, we I would not let her bulk until I could be sure that she wasn't under-eating what I told her to, that she was properly nourishing her body. We got to that healthy point with her in food, sat there at maintenance for a while, now we're in our deficit and she is five pounds down. We're going to keep going, and she's looking fantastic. Okay, we're getting into some questions for the week. I only have one question, but I do want to cover it, so I'm going to go over my normal ordeal. Make sure you submit your questions to at Confessions of a Gymrat, or you can DM me on lifts with Liz. Um, Either one. I think the the DM space in Confessions of a Gemrat a little less crowded. Uh, But I do put up question polls every week as well. So you could submit your questions there, leave them in the YouTube comments, leave them in a a review for the podcast. But this week's question asks my opinion on creatine. I take creatine monohydrate when I'm bulking. uh, My rule for supplements, and I went over this in an episode, is I like to take as little supplement as possible. I take the ones that like my body already has in it or needs besides, you know, pre-workout, but whatever. Um, that's the exception. Our bodies already make creatine. So I'm just putting more in it. I haven't really found that it makes me like retain absurd amount of water. I- I've been pretty good with that. You do not need a creatine dihydrate though. You do not need to get fancy with it. A lot of studies have proven that, uh, proven that creatine dihydrate is crap, waste of money. Monohydrate will do totally fine. Everybody's bodies react differently to different things, I will say. I personally have found success using creatine while I'm bulking. I use Pure Rebuild by One Up Nutrition. The flavors are delicious. They keep coming out with more. Um but if you're trying to put on muscle I do think that that's a supplement that's worth your money, whereas there's a lot of supplements that are crap out there, like mass gainer and stuff. You do not need that. Your body makes creatine, so you're just putting more in it. I'm all for it. I would just go with the monohydrate. You don't need the dihydrate. And that's it for questions. Little short little question segment this week. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Confessions of a Gym Rat. Stay tuned next week where we'll have another interview. Make sure to go listen to last week's episode with my interview with Chloe Turcha. It was so much fun. I know I threw a lot of Jonas Brothers stuff at you this week. Thanks for bearing with me. I'm also, one thing I did forgot to mention, I did start reading Daisy Jones and the Six, the book. I'm very. I'm still in the very beginning. But it's good. And I'm glad that I watched it after the show so I can kind of visualize it. And that way it's like I didn't read this sh- watch a show and be like, oh, they changed this and they changed that. But I am liking it so far. So I'll keep you guys updated on that. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Lifts with Liz. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Confessions of a Gym Rat and subscribe on YouTube. Have a fabulous, healthy, happy, productive week. And I'll talk to you next Monday.